show you what love done. I love hearing songs and maybe maybe for the first time you got to see that in a new light. And I think when the songs, when they're new to us, we actually read the lyrics. So I think it's important that we do that. We find a fresh song. And didn't our band just kill that? Wasn't that awesome? Love it. Love it. You guys can go have a seat at this moment. I want to welcome all of you that are joining us online. Uh, at this point in the service, we're going to continue our time of worship. Now, there'll be more time for worship at the end of service. We're kind of doing it in the reverse style this summer. But we also gotta get to so many baptisms. We get to celebrate that today, so I'm really excited for that. Um, if this is your first time joining us, I also wanna tell you, like, we want something for you, not something from you, so, so th th this time of offering, don't, don't feel like you need to give, but if you call River Ridge home, like if this is your church home, we wanna invite you, like invite you to be able to give back to what, what God's done for you. 
And I know as, as a student ministry director, we got to go take a ton of kids, I think 55 kids to church camp just a couple weeks ago, and got to see lives change and got to spend the whole week with them. And we, we could not have done that. Several of those kids may not have been able to go without your generosity and without our staff being able to support that. So I just wanna let you know like what you're doing matters and it really makes a difference to students, to kids, to adults, to our community, through the Dollar Club, through every which way, it really matters. And I just wanna give back to what God has done to us. So let's pray for the offering right now. God, thank you so much. Thank you for taking this sinner and making him a saint. God, thank you for giving us the miracle of love for Jesus coming here and dying for us. God, thank you for all these people that we get to see take their next steps today. God, I thank you for both those that are here that can give, God, whether it's online or whether it's through the boxes, however they choose to do that today, God, I thank you for that. God, that we get to be a part of what you're doing in this community, in us and through us. God, I pray for this offering, we lift it up to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey everyone, my name is Brandon. I serve as one of our worship leaders here at River Ridge, and I'm here to let you know about some things happening around the Ridge. Ridge Kids attendance has continued to grow over the past few months, and we're expecting more kids with the start of the new school year. We've welcomed many new families this past year and want to continue to provide awesome environments for kids of all ages so that we can help them take their next step in their journey with God. As the fall approaches, we would love for some of you looking to get involved and connected at River Ridge to join one of our serving teams. We are currently looking for 12 new volunteers on the nursery team and 11 on our preschool team. As always, we're looking for more male leaders in our elementary school environments as well. The first step to serving in any area of Ridge Kids is to take one Sunday to shadow a ministry area. Just fill out the connect card from the chair back in front of you or go online and visit riveridge.tv serve. And we'll be in touch with you to schedule a Sunday for you to shadow someone. There's no commitment until after you've shadowed. These are also great areas for middle school, high school and college students to get plugged in and connected. Today is the last day to sign up for Go Local, which is happening this Saturday, July 31st. Go Local is a day where we as the church will collectively go into our community to be bold in our serving and to make way for the furthering of God's kingdom. We have multiple projects organized throughout our community for you to be a part of. In fact, we saw a space for 50 people of all ages to jump in and serve. So if you've not had a chance to sign up or you're unsure which project to join, Mary Ann will be in the lobby afterwards to answer any questions that you might have, and she can get you signed up right there, or you can head to riveridge.tv slash go local. And now let's continue our Press Play sermon series with a message from Andy. In the valley, I know that you're with me. Surely your goodness and your mercy follow me. When it looks like I'm surrounded, Lord, I'm surrounded by you. 
When it looks like I'm surrounded, Lord, I'm surrounded by you. And I believe you overcome, and I will lift my song of praise for what you've done. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how my victories in Jesus' name. My victories in Jesus' name. All right, man, I put my name in to do that, but I think she did a little better than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have some talented people, don't we? Amen, everybody. I'm so glad that, yeah, amen. That's how we start out the service. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I want to say good morning to all of you as we welcome you into this service and just so glad that God is meeting you wherever you are, all of you here, all of you watching online. So glad you're joining with us. And just wherever you are with God, glad you're giving God a moment just for him to come and tell you about himself. And, and so we're just glad to be a part of that wherever you may be. And I'm so excited for today uh, because we are baptizing a bunch of people in the name of Jesus. So I want to give glory to God right now. I just want to give him glory. This is going to be an awesome day. I love it. I love baptism. And I, and I love like seeing the baptism baptism shirts out there, like all of you have been baptized here before, it's just awesome, encouraging. So because of that, I want to give that as much time as possible. So we're going to get right into it, everybody. So go ahead and grab your Bibles if you have them. Uh, go ahead and open those up to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. Really encourage you to open up there. We're going to be in there for a little bit this morning, breaking some stuff down. So if you're new here or you're visiting and you haven't been a part of uh, our services over the summer, what we've been doing is we're in a series called Press Play. And what we're doing is we're looking at the song we actually sing in worship here on Sunday mornings and we're looking at the meaning behind them and more importantly, the biblical understanding uh, of the song itself. And today's song uh, that you just heard from Laura is the song Surrounded. And so here are some lines from the song before we get into it, just uh, uh, as a starting point. Here's what, what we're gonna be singing later today. And here it is. There is a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. It's your body and your blood that you shed for me. This is how I fight my battles. So here's where we're going today, everybody. Here's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about our battle and we're gonna talk about the enemy. Uh, there are two reasons why, this is what we're gonna talk about today. There are two reasons why we see Christians get so tripped up so much in this life. One is not fully believing that there is an enemy uh, of God who is active in your life. He wants to mess your life up a little bit. Uh, and the second reason is that you don't know how to protect yourself. And here's the thing, everybody, the Bible is totally clear on both of those things. And so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna clear some of this stuff up. Look at what God has to say about our battle and about the enemy. Hope you're ready. Let's go. All right, Ephesians chapter six. We're gonna look at Paul writing this letter to a church and he's and, and this is for us as well as God telling us as well so he's writing to this church and he's really wrapping up this letter to the church uh, in chapter six you're gonna see the word finally but what he's doing he's backing up all the stuff that he said with with one big idea and it's still the same big idea for us today so we're gonna pick this up in Ephesians chapter six and talk about it a little bit uh, in verse 10 here's what Paul says to them and what he says to us what God says to us he says this finally be strong in the Lord 
and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So right off the bat, here's a couple things that you need to know. Here's the first thing that every single one of you need to know, wherever you are with God, wherever you are in this life, this is true for every single one of us. And it's this, is that we are born into battle. That every one of you, as you sit here and all of you who are watching, you are in a battle. Whether you signed up for this battle or not, is in, it's not a, a consequential. Like you are in a battle. You were just born into it. There is a war going on. There's a war going on between good and evil, between light and dark. Uh, there is an enemy of God and his name is Satan. All right? Uh, and that's just what we wanna talk about today. So here's the, th- here, I wanna go to a couple places with this. Uh, I need to talk to a couple people, okay? Uh, the first person that I need to talk to about this right away uh, is I need to get some of you actually aware that Satan is real. That's just where I gotta go. Like, uh, if, if you're here and you're kind of sloughing this off right off the bat, which some of you actually are right now, you're, you're sloughing this off, uh, like he already has a foothold in your life. He already has a foothold on you because one of the greatest schemes of the devil is to get you to not really think about him at all or really believe that he exists. And that's just not true, that he is real, he does exist. So that's the first person I wanna try to talk to a little bit about today. Uh, but I also think the other thing I need to do is tell some of you that not everything is the devil's doing, all right, everybody? Like, he is not the only reason why you can't stop drinking Mountain Dews in the name of, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, he's not the reason why you keep bumping your funny bone. You might just be clumsy. You know, like, so not everything uh, is from him, but, but he does exist, right? And so for some of you, uh, I want to get your awareness up a little bit that he does exist. And for others, uh, I want to get you off the cliff a little bit. So, so, and then for everybody else in between, let's talk and we'll we'll go after and hopefully God will clear everything else up. So, but I do want to be clear. I do want to be clear. Satan and demons are real and the world is not the way it should be. And things happen uh, that God does not want to have happen. Uh, That is true. And it's all because there is an enemy. Okay. You can look around and see that the world is messed up. It's really easy to do that. There are things you can point to that you just say, man, that is pure evil. Uh, why, Why would something like that happen? And that's not the way it should be. And instead of saying, man, why would a good God do this? Here's what we need to do. We need to actually just confirm there is an enemy of righteousness and what is good, who is active. And he wants to make a mess of everything while he can, everybody. It's just true. And I think we can see it more easy than we think. Uh, and, and so I also wanna clear up another thing. Not only that, uh, but Satan doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. He hates you. And, and I know you, you hate the idea of anybody not liking you, even Satan, you know what I'm saying? But it's true. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. Like he's not a buddy who just wants to show you a good time. He sees only in you an enemy who needs to be defeated. That's who he sees in you. That's who he sees. And he wants to get in the way of everything God wants that's good for your life. That's who he is. It's just who he is. And it's what he does. Here's what Peter says about it. Uh, when he wrote to a church, he said, listen, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour so, so he is a destroyer. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to get in the way of your family. He wants to destroy everything that's good in your life. He, 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 doesn't, he wants you to see you destroy your own life. Like that's what he wants to see. And he doesn't even play fair. That's the, that's the worst part. He, doesn't, he, doesn't, he says lies. He says half-truths for you to buy into and believe this or that about God that's not true or this or that about that person. He does all kinds of things to get in the way of your life because that's just who he is. He wants to devour you. He wants to devour. He can't, he can't get to God. That's the truth. He can't get to God. So he's gonna try to do the next best thing, which is go after his kids. He wants to hurt you. And I just, I want you to be clear on this, everybody. I wanna be really, really clear. I want you to get to this today. So, so you gotta know that you're in a battle. You gotta know that it's real. And for most of us, here's the thing. This makes sense. 
It, it, it actually kind of makes sense of the world, that, that it makes sense with you. Because don't you just feel like sometimes, like even just following God sometimes, it's just like there's resistance. You ever feel that? You're like, what? You ever, you ever been here? I'll, I'll go ahead and admit this. Why is it so hard to read the Bible every day? Because there's a battle, right? Like we're all like, I know I gotta read, but like, man, why does it feel like I can fill up everything? Because there's a battle going on. Why does it feel like there's resistance uh, in following Jesus? Because there's a battle going on. There's conflict all over the place with us. I was just meeting with somebody the other day uh, that I've been discipling and he's, he's went up to that. We've been working through some stuff over the years. He's like, man, I just feel like the closer I get sometimes, there's like more resistance. And I'm like, because there's a battle. And, and here's the thing, everybody. Here's the decision we make. We either lay down and just let that stuff happen or we stand up and we fight. I'm for the latter. I don't know about you. So that's where we're gonna go today because that's what Paul is gonna get into as well. So, so he wants to make sure that we know we're in a war, that there's a war, there's a battle. We need to know the enemy, but he also says that he's gonna tell us how to fight. We're gonna look at how we fight today. And in this, I hope you take notes here today. And if you have your Bibles, that you make some notes in your Bible here in Ephesians 6. We're gonna look at three points of attack that every believer has access to and that we can actually deploy in the name of Jesus. We're gonna see three big things that we have to attack and be victorious of the enemy. Uh, and here's the first one that we have to have, which is this, and he's, we're gonna look at it, is be strong. That's our first point of attack, which is be strong. In verse 10, he says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. So here's a question. How do we fight? Well, you gotta fight with some strength, but you can't use your own strength. That's what Paul is saying. We start with the right strength. So you don't come at this with your own strength. You fight this with Jesus's power. Here's how John has it. He says, listen, for he, because here's why, because he who is in you, he is greater than he who is in the world. That Jesus is greater than he who is in the world. So here's what we need to know. What we need to know uh, what we need to know with Satan is, I'm gonna just like real talk, like you're outmatched. Like you're outmatched on your own with Satan. He's better, stronger than you. He's better at like making stuff up than you. He's more conniving than you. He's actually more powerful than you when you're left on your own. He's more clever. He's been at this way longer than you've ever been at this and you could ever fathom. You cannot win on your own. You can't do it. He, and here's the other thing about it. I just wanna let you know, he's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of you. And I know that's not good news. Welcome to River Ridge Church, everybody. Like, I'm just saying, like, but that's, that's what we gotta look at, okay? But here's the good news. Even though all of that's true, here's the good news. Even though you're in a battle, here's the good news, that the battle belongs to the Lord. Anybody wanna say amen to that? The battle belongs to Jesus who is in you, and that's the truth. That's what you got. And maybe some of you here today, you need to hear that word. You need to hear a word from the Lord. You're going through it. You're in it and you're like, why is my face so hard? Why is this like, why is all this going on? And you need to hear this if you're in Christ. Maybe there's something going on, you're going through something and you feel like it's defeating you, you feel like something's holding you back or holding you down and you feel this battle in your life and you need to claim this, that there is a power that Satan has, but it cannot match the power of God within you and you need to claim that in the name of Jesus Christ today, okay? Put that flag, put that stake in the ground because that's who you got in you and you have a power that's far greater than he who is in the world. Amen, everybody? That's what we're gonna talk about, okay? But you can't just rely on your own strength strength. All right. You can't rely on your own strength, right? Yeah. I think there are a lot of Christians who fight. And that's the thing that I see. That's why I want to talk about this and why I'm passionate about it today. I see a lot of Christians fight, man. You're fighting. You're fi I see the fight. And I've talked to people and you feel worn out. You feel tired and you feel frustrated and you feel defeated. And a lot of times what's happening is this. A lot of times what's going on is that you're actually fighting for victory from your own strength instead of fighting from victory with Jesus' power in you, with Jesus' strength in you. There's two totally different things, okay? And, so, and here's what you'll find out if you're trying to figure out which way you're going. Here's what you'll find out if you fight just with your own strength. What you're eventually gonna find, you'll lose momentum and motivation in your faith. 
That's what you'll find out. You'll, you'll just feel kind of just dry spiritually. You just feel like you're overwhelmed and all that stuff. That's not how God wants you to fight. That's not the power that, that, that he has for you, okay? Um, because here's the thing, on your own strength, you, you weren't made to withstand these forces. Like if you notice what he said, these forces are not human forces. So you, how do you believe that you could actually face this with human strength alone? So he says, Paul says, be strong, not just be strong, but be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so we have to know our enemy. We need to know where the source and strength of our power is within us. So that's the first leg. That's the first point of attack is that we use the power of the Lord within us, not our own power. So let's keep reading in verse 13 for the next thing. Here's what he says. He says, therefore, uh, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So here's the second point of attack that Paul has given us and that God wants us to have, which is this, is we stand firm. So we be strong in the Lord and we stand firm. So Paul says, when the day of evil comes, not if, but when it comes, it's here. Satan's real, the battle is going on. He says, stand firm. And in here, if you read this, he says it four times, stand firm. So here's what I wanna say. The Bible is really clear in, in some areas of our life. Like there is clarity with God where he says, here's where you flee. Like it's very clear. You flee from sexual immorality. You flee from temptation. But there are also times in the Bible where he says, you stand up and you fight. And this is one of those, when it comes to the enemy, when it comes to the devil, he's like, you stand up and fight. You can't flee from him. You gotta stand up and fight. You gotta hold strong. You gotta pick your side. Be stubborn about it. Stand firm. And here's the great news. Because Jesus is in you, he gives you some incredible weapons to use. Gives you incredible things to fight with. He doesn't just leave you on your own, but you need to actually put these on in order to join the fight. He wants you to join the fight that he has for you. So in here, we're going to see just in the second uh, uh, leg of attack, we're going to see six things. Six things. I went like that. Six uh, that, that, we, that we have access to that God wants us to put on. Uh, and here's the thing. These six things across the board are available to every single believer in Christ. They're, they're absolutely available and it's an opportunity for you to do. But here's the thing. You don't have them on automatically. Just because you believe in Jesus does not mean, because here's the thing. They're not from you. They're actually from the Lord. And so in order to do that, you have to actually actively have an active part in this to put this stuff on. And so we're gonna read it and we're gonna talk about some of this stuff uh, in order to stand firm in order to, to fight the fight. Here it is. He says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, so what he just laid out were six things that we put on, six things that were actually, if you, if you really look into it, they describes like a soldier going into war. And, and here's why he did this. This is why I think God, uh, what God did through Paul when he, when he inspired him to write this. So we gotta understand where Paul was writing this from. So Paul wasn't writing this from his den. Uh, he was writing this from prison. Uh, he was writing to a church from prison. And, and so more likely than not, what he was doing in prison is he was not just in a room, but he was not only next to a, a Roman soldier, but what a lot of people believe is he was actually shackled and, and chained to a Roman soldier at all times, 24 seven. And so, for the, so that's, all, that's his visual that he had for day and night. He looked at this soldier and, and dressed all up in this, uh, all this armor and stuff like that. And God used that to say, hey, this is what it looks like uh, to stand firm in the faith. And so here's the thing, like we could, I could actually get all geeked out in this stuff. And I'm like, oh, now let's, belt and leather and like we could do that it's actually really cool to do that but it, it, sometimes I think we we get a little bit too uh, distracted by the imagery we miss the point here's what the point is the point is this everybody it's not about the armor Paul is describing someone who's just walking with Jesus 
Don't miss that. He is describing someone who is just living their life for Jesus, not just saying, I know Jesus and I love Jesus. He's like, this is what it looks like for somebody who's living for Jesus. So if you get anything from this point today, from this point of attack today, it's this, listen, man, this battle, like overcoming this battle, this battle that's real and that wants to go after you and your family and your job and all the things you hold precious, all that stuff, winning this has way more to do with you just getting in line with God and living his way than anything else in the world. You hear me? It just, that has way more to do. If you just do that, if you just say, I know what you say and I'm gonna do what you say, I'm telling you, you'll get, it, you'll get most of this battle licked and, and, and you'll, you'll be ready to face whatever comes your way. So let's look, let's look at a few of these, okay? Uh, the first thing that we do to stand firm is that we stand firm with the belt of truth, that we fasten the belt of truth. And so I'm gonna give you kind of a word for each one of these. And what this actually looks like, if you wanna write this one down, is that it just, it just means living with integrity. Living with integrity. This means that you just live out the truth that you already know about Jesus. Integrity is knowing the truth and living by that truth. That's what integrity is. And I know this seems so simple, uh, this point of living with integrity, but man, it's amazing how easy it is to know the truth and not really live by it. Isn't it? I mean, isn't it amazing to know what the truth is and just be like, ah. I mean, because it just manifests itself in so many ways that we don't even see sometimes. Like, it, it, it kind of comes out like this. It comes in ways like saying, yeah, I know Jesus says to do it this way, but uh, I mean, it's not really convenient. Uh, and I mean, it's not really a sin if I just do it this way. It's just kind of not really that sin. It's not like I'm abandoning my faith if I go that way of doing it. And, you know, I mean, so it's not that really big of a deal. And, and you know, it's not a big deal of my way versus God's way. Uh, it's what many people do. It's what many Christians do in their life. It's not like they're saying they don't love Jesus, but they're just kind of like, eh, I don't know, man. Your way seems a little complicated. You're seeing, I don't know, man. My way seems a little better. And, and so here's what happens, everybody. Here's what happens with the believer in Christ. Like you look at what God has to say about sex or about marriage or about finances or about godly living or about integrity or about character at work. And you look at the things that he says and, and then you kind of look and say, man, I don't know. I don't know, it seems like work to do that. Seems pretty, I don't know, man, I gotta actually put energy in there. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna do it my way. My way seems a little easier. Uh, my way seems a little better. I don't know, man. And uh, so that's just not living in the truth because the opposite of integrity is this, that you're knowing the truth and not living by it. And so that's the first thing. There is a way that God tells us to live, everybody. There's a way, and he does it for, for a reason. He's like, I know how this life goes. I'm not, I don't wanna be a killjoy for you, but I'm telling you, I know where mess ups, hang ups, and frustrations happen. And I'm telling you, if you live my way, you'll get rid of most of those in your life if you just live my way. Uh, and that's why God does it. Jesus says, man, Jesus says this. He was talking to these guys one day and he, and, and he was saying, listen, here's how people are gonna know that you're my disciples. Not by just saying you love me, but by obeying what I command you to do. That's how they're gonna know that you love me. That's how I know that you know the truth because that truth will set you free. I'm the truth and I'm gonna set you free. Integrity is knowing the truth and doing it. And that's what gives you stabilities and, and that's what keeps your pants fastened instead of being around your ankles, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. Knowing the truth and not like living by it is like holding the belt going, I know, I know. And like, they're just, you know, just saying. Here's the second one. You can't fight well like that. All right, here's the second one. I think that's a good imagery, I'm just saying. It's true. All right, having put on the, bre I don't have time, put breastplate of righteousness. Here's the, here's the word for you if you wanna write this one down. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is living out my identity. Just write that out, living out my identity. Living out my identity in Christ. I actually love the visual of this one because uh, when you, when you uh, think about or see the, the, the breastplate that the Roman soldiers wore back in the day, do you know what it looked like, right? It looked like real nice chiseled, like, you know, front, right? It had like real nice muscles and nice pecs and six pack, it looks like me basically. You know what I'm saying? Like six pack abs. I'd show you, but it'd be, I don't know. Uh, but no, it's not like me. But man, I love, I love the thought of this because here's, here's what this is getting at, man. This is great. Because if you're in Christ, you see, 
That's how God sees you in Christ. Isn't that awesome? That's how God sees me in Christ, that he doesn't see my imperfections anymore. They're still there. Like the jiggle in my gut, it's still there, baby. But he's like, I just see Jesus' abs and they're awesome. You know what I mean? Isn't that awesome? Think about that. Think about it. For real. That's how God sees you. And here's what I'll say, everybody. You need to see yourself like that too. Stop looking at what's not true about you anymore. Your identity has changed in Christ. And that's the only way that God sees you, man. Love that, love that. Dummy, I'm gonna do any kind of Mr. Muscle competition in the next couple weeks, but I'm just saying, that's what he sees. Here's what it says about you. Here's what it says. It says, God made him Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us. Why? So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. How about that truth for your life? There's a term that comes with this, which I want you to understand. Write this down if you don't know it. It's called imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness. Write that down and study more if you don't know. But here's what it means. Here's what it means. It means that you don't just have a righteous savior in Jesus, which he is. It doesn't mean that. Some some of us fall short of that, say Jesus was great. And it doesn't mean just that. It means that he gave righteousness to us, that it becomes us, that that we have righteousness in us. And that's how God sees us. And it's an identity shift, everybody. It's an amazing truth. The truth is that before Christ, your natural tendency was to walk in sin. That's just how you walked. But now in Christ, you see, you've changed because now your natural tendency in Christ is to walk in holiness, is to walk in righteousness because that's who you are. And any other way you see yourself is a lie straight from Satan and he's trying to get you off that track. I'm telling you right now, everybody, own who you are. Believe the identity that God gave you. And he looks at you and he says, man, I love them pecs. You know what I'm saying? Like that's who he sees and that's who you are in Christ. And just remember that, man, I love that visual, okay? Here's the next one. Here's the next one we stand for a minute. As shoes, we have the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Here's this one. Others need to hear the gospel of peace. That's what it is. Others need to hear the good news of Jesus. And his plan A is you, like sharing it with other people. Now, here's what I also learned uh, in my own faith in the last 26 plus years that I've been a Christian. Not only do others need to hear the gospel of peace, guess what I found out, everybody? I need to hear it too every day of my life. Did you know that? Like you never outgrow or outmature the need to hear the gospel of peace yourself to help you and encourage you and get you back to where the heart of God is because man, that's the source of peace in our life. That's the source right there that, that I need to remember every single day, everybody, that, that man, that, that the God of the universe, by the grace of him, he gave me Jesus who died for my sin and that made me right with a holy God. He gave me eternal life and restored peace between me and him. I need to hear that every single day of my life. I don't know about you, I need to hear that. It encourages me and it reminds me of where, okay, this is my purpose, this is where I go. And here's the other thing, when you share that with somebody, like when you just share the good news of what Jesus has done for you and how he's rescued you, it not only brings you closer to the gospel of peace, it brings you closer to the peace yourself, it puts more distance between you and the enemy. It's, oh, it's amazing because the enemy just can't stand it when you talk about how great Jesus is, what he's done for your life. There is a powerful transcending thing that happens when the gospel is shared. It's just true. Isn't it true? Isn't it true for your own life? Like when you heard it, you're like, that was a powerful thing. I can't even explain it. And so it happens. So today, uh, we're baptizing 13 people. We're baptizing 13 people. And every single one of them, here's what I guarantee. Every one of them has a person that shared their story or shared the gospel with them. Every single one of them, because that's how God works. That's how God works. This past year, uh, I've been walking with a new believer uh, in Christ, man. And he's been a new believer for about a year and a half. And I'm, there is nothing like doing that 
Now, if you are here and you're dry in your faith and you're just like, you're finding yourself stale in your faith, find somebody new in faith to walk with. It is challenging, it is encouraging, it is life-giving, it's unbelievable. So I've been just able to walk through the gospel with him and see him to come to Christ and, and then you know, share it with his wife, see her come to Christ. And then what I've seen over the last couple months is they, they've been sharing the gospel with their friends and family. And today they're, they're baptizing two people themselves. How great is that? It's just an amazing thing. And, and so that's available to all of us. It's just awesome to see. He's only been doing this for a year and a half. It's just so great. So here's what I wanna challenge you. If it's been a while for you, I just wanna challenge you just to pray that God gives you an opportunity to share your story, to share your faith. Uh, and, and here's what you're gonna find out, everybody. Uh, he's already given you these opportunities. Trust me, they're all over. They're all over with people that you love and care about and work with. And uh, I just think it's either we're too busy to see it or maybe too scared we'll mess up. And for that second one, man, like I wanna encourage you. That's why your story is so great. How can you mess up your own story? You can't, right? Like that's why God gave you your own story. You can't mess it up where somebody goes, wait a minute, that's not true about you. You, you can't mess up your own story. So, so we get the shoes, the readiness of the gospel. Here's the next way we stand firm, that we take up the shield of faith. We take up a shield of faith. To, and what, what does that do? It deflects the arrows. It deflects the arrows of the lies of the enemy. So here's what faith does, everybody. This is what a robust good faith does. The good faith tells us the truth and deflects all the lies that come our way. And trust me, there's a bunch of lies that come our way. Amen, everybody? So like we need those shields of faith to, to work. And, and here's another good picture to me about the shields. Uh, so in, in the Roman times too, those shields, uh, they were made to really deflect a lot of stuff, but they were also made, uh, many of you know this, to be linked together so that it actually can make a huge fortress and a wall of solitude to actually deflect a lot and, and be a fortress of protection for the soldiers. And that's such a beautiful picture for the church because think about this. There's God and there's an enemy and there's the church, okay? And we're in a war and it takes an army. I don't know if you knew this. It takes an army to win a war. It doesn't just take one person to win a war. It takes an army to win a war. It takes intentionality. It takes all of us together and be united in Jesus. And then we come here, we come in to get your order straight and, and get your purpose straight and go back out there and, and to be together in that. And I just, here's the thing, gang. I just, got, I just got to a place this week. Like I know for me, just for me, that this is why Sunday matters so much to me. Like I can feel, when I miss more than a couple Sundays here with you people, I, I miss it, I'm telling you, I miss something critical to my faith. I miss something that's really important to how I, how I see the world, how I see God. And it takes, I mean, I need all of you. I wanna be shoulder to shoulder with you. I wanna see you and be with you to hear God's word, to lift high the name of Jesus, to worship in this place together. And here's the thing, it's an experience that I cannot replace with anything else I do. I just can't replace it with anything else with what it does for me. I think coming here and being shoulder to shoulder matters and it's experience that you can't really replace. Anybody agree with me? Does anybody agree with me in that? I think this is so important. It's awesome. Here's how the writer of Hebrews says it so you don't just hear it from me. He says it this way, and let us consider how to stir up one another. How are you getting stirred up? to love and good works, not, now listen, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, because then you're not gonna get stirred up. You're not gonna be stirred up, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I don't know about you, everybody, but I need that encouragement. I wanna be stirred up in my faith, man. I don't want my faith to be so vanilla and I need all of you. I'm so glad I got all of you to be stirred up when I come back here and I, and I just am with you. And, and, and here's what, I, I just felt a call to talk to some of you today. I think some of you, I just feel a call from the Lord that some of you who haven't come back yet or you just haven't made this a consistent thing, it's like once every now and then, I, I just feel a call to, to come back. 
I feel a call to tell you to come back because man, I think it's so important in your life and in your family. And if you're not coming on a consistent basis, being shoulder to shoulder people, doing this thing that you can't replace it with anything else, man. I just, I don't know how you have an answer for that. I don't know how you're achieving this without doing this with us and you're missing a call that's critical to your faith. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I wanna tell you. This is here for a reason, an important reason. And I'm glad we have technology. I'm glad, but we use that just to bridge the gap when you can't be here. Uh, and, and I'm so glad we can reach so many of you out wherever you are. But man, my fear is that for many of you, it's become an easy out to not come back. And I'm really not sure what your answer is to that. I don't know, I don't know. I'm just, I felt a need and an urge to tell you, man, a huge part of why we come together is to help each other stand firm and that's why we do it and that's why I'm glad that you all are here for me. Here's the next one, that we also put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. So uh, here's what our salvation is. Our salvation isn't just something that happened in 2010. Like that it is something that should be permeating our minds every single day of our lives. We already kind of talked about it, but it's true. Like it should be something that permeates our minds every single day. It's why I think he attaches that to the head, that it should be in our minds when we wake up to remember the salvation that we had. And here's what I love about today. In a few minutes, man, we're gonna see a lot of people going to watch, we're gonna watch them mark their salvation. They already, they already went through, the, through the, the decision of salvation. That already happened. But we're gonna see them go through the waters uh, by being obedient to God and following Jesus' command to be baptized. And, and here's what I wanna say. I think some of you out here, you need to do it. You need to do it. Like you need to get baptized. There's no reason why you shouldn't get baptized, man. And here's the thing, like I feel like I wanna talk about this for a second. Baptism does not save you. Like, like everybody's gonna get baptized today. They have been saved. They, they were saved either last week or last month or whenever it was or last year. But I do think baptism means more than we think it does. I think it, it has a lot more weight on it than we give it credit for because baptism is the first step of obedience. It's the first thing that Jesus tells us to do after we become uh, saved with him. And it's a point, because here's why I think it's so huge. Because it is a point, that baptism is a point where someone publicly does something and you're declaring, you're drawing a line and I think it's a point of clarity and beauty for you to say, I am drawing my line and I'm gonna actually make a statement to the enemy that I'm gonna give my allegiance to Jesus and declare it in front of everybody who wants to watch. I think it's so huge to do and I just wanna say, uh, if you haven't done that to do it, it's never too late to do it. In fact, just this last week, somebody reached out to me and wanted to meet with me. It was an awesome meeting. We're talking about all this stuff. He's been following Jesus for over 50 years, okay? And he was like, I just need to, I was baptized in an infant and, and I don't feel like I was ever baptized as a professing believer and it's a step I need to take and I'm just ready to get it done. He, was, he sounded like a teenager talking to me. It was awesome, man. I was like, okay. So he's getting baptized in October and, and he cannot wait to do it. And so I just wanna invite any of you to take this step on October 3rd. October 3rd is the next baptism we're gonna have. Go to the website, go to Next Steps, sign up for baptism, we'll get it done. And you can have this time of obedience and allegiance to Jesus to declare the world and the enemy. Man, I'm on team Jesus, amen, everybody? That's why we do it. Here's the last one, that we actually take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the word of God. You defeat Satan by knowing and using God's word. That's what this is. That's the sword. That, that's, your, that's your primary weapon is that you use the word of God. So here's my question. How well do you know God's word? Now, here's the thing. I know we talk about it all the time up here and I'm gonna keep talking about it until you people do it until I do it every day. I miss a day every now and then. I'm just saying, I'm not, but I'm not asking if you have a reading plan. I'm not asking if you have the Bible or have a Bible app. Here's what I'm asking for you today. I'm asking if you know some things in your heart that help you say no when you need to, that it's in there. 
because you just know it, because you study it, because you're, you're just a studier of it, that you're a master of it, you wanna become a master of God's word. Do you know some things? You have some verses that come up when, when the world's telling you something else or when a lie comes up and is trying to, trying to actually combat the truth that you know, man. One of the scariest things to know about the enemy is that he could actually use the truth, the truth of God, and he can manipulate it around and actually it's not true at all. He can actually use scripture to try to manipulate you out of the truth of God. Do you know that? So do you know it enough to know when it's not true? Do you know it enough to know when to say no or say yes to God? Do you see how important it is? I'm just asking. Do you see how important it is to your faith and, and to, to actually combating the enemy and the things uh, that, that, that are in this world? It literally holds the truth and wisdom and direction for your life. That's the word of God holds that stuff for you. Your ability to have eyes to see and to overcome is directly tied to your knowledge of the word of God. Parents, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me, please. Your kid's ability to navigate this life is dependent on, on our ability to know God's word. It's your ability to know God's word. We only have a few hours a month with them. They got all the other hours with y'all. Your kid's ability to navigate this life is dependent on your knowledge of the word of God. So that's how we stand firm. So that's how we stand firm. Six great things that we stand firm in. So we be strong, we stand firm. There's one more point of attack. Let's go to the last part of this in verse 18. Here it is. He says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Here's the third point of attack that we have is that we don't just pray, but we pray hard. That we pray hard. We pray like it's a weapon, gang. When's the last time you pray like it's a weapon? Because here's the thing, man, we pray with perseverance. He says, we pray like our life is on the line. Prayer isn't just a weapon, but next to the word of God, it's actually our strongest weapon. It's our strongest weapon. And I just worry sometimes about us, about how our prayer lives are going. And because and here's the thing, when you read the Bible, man, here's what's amazing about the power of the weapon of prayer. When you read the Bible, you're gonna come across the power of God that is demonstrated as a result of people, what? Praying. It's true, we just saw it in the book of Acts where man, like people were getting arrested and beat all the time. They didn't even pray for God's protection. They said, we wanna see your power more, God. And they saw it and thousands of people came to know Jesus. In the book of James, I love what this is. This is what I wanna mark my prayer life by. He says that earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power to prevail. That's the prayer life I wanna have. So I wanna challenge you over your last week, over the last month in your life, what does your prayer life look like? What is it marked by? If somebody saw all your prayers, would they say you're using it like a weapon of war or a wish list for God to do in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that second one. God wants to do great things in your life. But I think we often neglect the power that comes in prayer to tell and ask God to do powerful things in our life, okay? So, so there is an enemy of God. He is real, he does exist, but we have everything we need to combat him and be victorious in this life. He's gonna do whatever he can do to take us and destroy us. So what do we do? We either lay down to him and let him do what he wants to do, or we engage in the enemy and we stand up and fight. I wanna stand up and fight. What about you, everybody? That's what I wanna do. And so that's what I want you to do with me. Because at the end of the day, here's what we're about at River Ridge Church. We're not here to make you better people. I know that sounds good to some of you, but that's not why we're here. We're not here to make you a better version of yourself. We're not here to make you a better person. We are here to lift high the name of Jesus and be a place where God frees people in the name of Jesus and gets them out of the enemy's grip. That's what we're about. And if you're with me, I want you to say amen to that. That's what I wanna be about, okay? I, don't, I want you to be good, but I want you to lift high the name of Jesus. And because of that, we're confronting the enemy head on, everybody. I need you in the fight with me. I hope you feel my passion. They're, the enemy's winning too many wars, man. He's taking over too many families. I'm tired of it. I don't wanna see our faith mean something, man. I wanna see you engage in the fight. He gave you what you need. 
I want you to look at your son and your daughter and say, no, 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 we're fighting. We're fighting. This is how I fight my battles. It's in Jesus' name. It's not in my name. It's in Jesus' name because all the enemy wants to do is blind you from the truth and he wants to keep Christians just happy enough to be okay with the okay faith. I'm not okay with okay faith for you. I hope you're not either. I want a faith with a battle cry. Amen, everybody. That's what I want. And that's what he gives us, a battle cry. So he says, stand for her, man. Don't flee. You stand up. You got what I got in you, man. So do it. I'm telling you, I want to ask you to engage in the fight with me. I want to ask you to engage in the battle. I don't want to just play church. So let's get, let's get uh, going in our faith. Let's live with integrity. Let's pray hard, not just pray with a wish. Pray, pray hard, man. Let's do this. Keep primary things primary and let's let everything else fall aside and lift high the name of Jesus. And let's keep seeing God do the great things that we've seen uh, here in this church. Amen, everybody. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for what we're about to see with people going through these waters of baptism as they are just declaring their allegiance to you and they're saying, this is how I fight my battle. I pray for every believer in this room who is listening, who has ears to hear and eyes to see you, Lord, that we actually draw the line, that I'm not gonna lay down and let the enemy hold me down. I'm gonna stand up, I'm gonna engage in this fight because this is how I fight my battle in the name of Jesus, with his strength, with the things that he wants me to put on. I will see you the way that you see me, God. I am gonna walk the way that you want me to walk. I'm gonna live this life for Jesus. I'm not gonna waste a minute more of this and I pray that you give us the courage to make a change where we need to make a change. Give us the strength that you have in us to fight the enemy hard because there isn't an enemy. He does exist, but he does not have the power to overcome. You have the battle. The battle belongs to you. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now we're going to stand up. We're going to sing the battle cry. Let's sing out loud.
together. These are people who are staking a flag in the ground saying, my victory is in Jesus' name. They, this baptism is an outward profession of an inward change that has taken place because of the power that Jesus has portrayed in their life. We do things a little bit different around here. Baptisms around here, we encourage and almost expect a lot of hooping and hollerings. We want you to celebrate with us. But also we, we allow parents or other folks that have had a, a pivotal role in somebody's faith journey to take part in the baptisms. You'll see some of that as well this morning. Well, first we have Kaylin. Kaylin, I got a couple questions for you, girl. Have you placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Is it your desire today in front of your church family to say, I'm gonna follow him all the days of my life? All right, then based on that profession of faith, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mackenzie, have you placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. 
And is it your desire in front of the church family to proclaim that today, that you want to be a follower of Jesus? Yes. Okay, then I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. get baptized by Melissa. Okay. Phoebe, have you placed your faith in Jesus as a for, for forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And is it your desire today to be baptized in front of your church family as a symbol of that decision? Then I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Madison got a couple questions for you Madison have you placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and do you want to show and make a claim today in front of your church family that you're going to be a follower of his all the days of your life all right then your mom is going to baptize you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Girl. All right, Gracie. All right, Gracie, your pop pop's going to baptize you, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, okay? Have you placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And is it your desire to show everybody that you're a follower of Jesus today by following him in baptism? Yes. Okay, then your pop-pop's gonna baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Maggie, have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Is your decision to get baptized today as a public proclamation, as a as a outward decision of that faith? Yes. All right, then I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Okay, and her mom, Summer, is going to baptize her. All right, Kylie, have you placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? And do you want to take today to make a public proclamation of your desire to follow him all the days of your life? All right, then your mom is going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And is it your desire as, as a faith step to show everybody that you're a follower of Jesus and get baptized today? Yes. Okay, then I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. celebrate this man come on one more time let's give it to God let's give it to God he is the greatest come on awesome as we celebrate that all of the kids out here you're, you're uh, released to go back to your classrooms everybody here let's stand up we're gonna praise God a little bit longer let's do it One more song. 
Y'all know this one. Put your hands together, let's go. Every voice. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was mine too. Till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was
a great week. We'll see you right back here next Sunday. See you later.